Fringe Arts is Philadelphia's premier presenter of contemporary performing arts. I'm Rena Searles, Marketing Manager at Fringe Arts, and today we invite you to grab a drink, relax, and enjoy our conversations with some of the most imaginative people on this plane of existence. Today we are joined by Don States, lead choreographer and director for their emergent dance group, Don States Company. Don has earned their MFA in dance from Temple University and is invested in finding ways to make ballet and dance more accessible to people with physical disabilities. They premiered the independent piece Healing Connections 2020 during last year's virtual Fringe Festival as a recorded dance performed by themselves and two other performers, Jamie Ray Leonetti and Dinah Halbert. Welcome, Don. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to be here. We're happy to have you. So just jumping right in, this is happy hour on the fringe. We do record at any number of times throughout the day, but we do always want to ask, what are you drinking today? (laughs) A lot of water and a lot of coffee. (laughs) (laughs) That is fair. Today I am actually having an ice lemonade, which is, I think just a fancy way of saying I put ice in my lemonade. Um, (laughs) but it is very sweet and very delicious um, and also refreshing though. I don't think I need it after being out in the cold earlier today. It is super cold out there. I was very surprised when I went out this morning. Yeah, no, it's um, for for anyone listening, we are recording this on February 3rd. So it's now like day three or I think four of uh, our, our snow snowy, intro to the second month of 2021 and um you know i we've been snowed in it's it's been a time even more than previous i guess stay at home (laughs) has been yes i actually when i went out this morning uh this is very unrelated to anything that we're probably going to talk about but i found a stray cat so i'm currently in my house uh with a stray cat that i'm going to go uh, find out if i find a microchip or what have you. So oh, yeah. it was very eventful, but it was, I couldn't leave it out there because it's way too cold. Oh, that's so much fun. I mean, I, I'm, I've never actually taken a stray cat home, but I definitely have seen them and have been, I guess, you know, now wondering like where all of them who I normally see outside are during this, uh, during the snowstorm. Yeah, That's I don't. Awesome, think, I've never seen this cat before in the neighborhood, so I think that it either got out or something. So I was like, "You cannot stay out here because you really don't belong out here." Um, very friendly cat, but we're trying to find out where it actually belongs. <laughs> <laughs> that definitely sounds like a worthwhile project. Yeah. Um, but so to give our audiences, our listeners, a little bit of background. Um, can we uh, just, can you tell me a little bit about your decision last year to participate in the Fringe Festival and how you ended up devising Healing Connections? Sure. So last year, I, you know, everybody was in quarantine, uh, especially uh, disabled folks, you know, we've all really trying to be separate and staying home and keeping safe, I think the majority of us. Um, So I started offering some free dance classes via Zoom over the summer. I had a very steady group and a couple of people expressed interest in 
taking the classes further and exploring with some of the material that we had created in the class and creating a performance piece. So that's what we ended up doing. And the Fringe Festival just happened to be around the same time. So I said, okay, great. Like, is everybody okay if I put this in the Fringe? And Dinah and Jamie were excited about that. So we went ahead and then just, it just sort of worked out when we put it in the Fringe for that time. Um, yeah, that's awesome. Had you uh, taught dance before or like, was that part of your normal daily routine and you switched to Zoom or was that new? So I have taught dance before, uh, actually for my thesis concert, I ended up creating dance classes for uh, disabled folks because I didn't have any dancers that I, I wanted for my thesis. So I realized that I was going to have to actually start classes to bring in the type of people that I wanted to work with, you know, my community. So I ended up starting some free classes. And from that, I found a couple of interviews individuals that were really excited to dance further and wanted to be in my thesis and that worked out. So that was how it started. And then it just sort of continued, uh, switched to Zoom. People like Jamie and Dinah and myself, we were all really excited to be dancing and moving during that time because it was, you know, it's very isolating. So just trying to make that connection and continue some of what we had started earlier or I'd started earlier with teaching. So Zoom was new, but teaching wasn't. Okay. And and what was that rehearsal process like? Well, it's very interesting. Some of the things that I usually employ in a physical space obviously doesn't carry over one for one when everybody's dancing dancing in this like digital box world. So I had to get creative with the with everybody and we were trying to figure out what works, what didn't work. So it was a very collaborative process, uh, you know, asking them to contribute different movements and figuring out how to piece everything together once we had some movements created. And it was very different to do that in, in a digital space and then try to translate that live space. So. Yeah. Um, and, and one thing I, I also want to touch on with Healing Connections is that there was um, a, a version that was, you know, purely the music and the dance performance. And then there was also a version that was audio described. Uh, but the audio description, you know, felt like it was a part of the piece. It felt very poetic. It felt very, you know, like it went along with the movements in, in a really beautiful way. And I was curious, you know, how purposeful that was and how you worked with um, the audio describer, Nicole Sardella, to really create that experience. Yeah, well, first of all, um, Nicole is really awesome. And I had a really um, amazing experience with her. She audio described my thesis concert. So we had already had a working relationship prior to the fringe. Um, so she's familiar with my work and, and kind of uh, what I do. So that I think is really helpful to build a relationship with the people providing your accessibility services. And I think that's kind of um, something that I always think about in providing access is that to me, it's like another layer of 
art and I think that it can only enhance and enrich the piece for the most part. I mean, sometimes there's people who have different access needs and maybe it doesn't, you know, always work that way. But overall, I think it is like another art form that you can add into your work and create this multi-dimensional piece then. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that definitely came through really well. Um, and, you know, the piece is still up online. It is accessible for people to view. Um, so, you know, definitely go and check it out. Um, it's still up on Vimeo. Um, but, you know, obviously pandemic has extended long past any of us would have hoped. Um, but what's keeping you busy these days, whether work or, you know, personal projects, you know, what, what's going on for you? Yeah, so I'm very excited. I After Healing Connections, I found out about a group in Philadelphia called Hook and Loop. And I reached out to this group and they are also working, you know, with creating and providing space for disabled folks to move and, and have a good time and all that great stuff. They just actually had a dance party uh, last Saturday. So that was pretty cool. With oh, all awesome. that stuff like that. Yeah. So um, working with them has been really great. I've really enjoyed that. I'm going to actually start classes again for uh, disabled folks who want to dance on Monday nights. And I also just started rehearsal uh, with a company in Florida. So that's cool. Awesome. Is, is this work premiering in Florida later this year? That is the goal. So right now I'm in for five rehearsals and it's all via Zoom for now. And then we'll see how things go and maybe I will travel down there and perform with them. We're just in the early phases of figuring everything out. So as things progress, we see what happens. But it's, it's great to be dancing in rehearsals again. <laughs> For sure. I think that's that's one of the things where, um, you know, 2020, when we all started this year, it was, I think, depending on how you look at it, either the beginning or the end of a new decade. And it was kind of a turning point in a lot of ways, just thinking about time. Mm -hmm. um, but then I feel like the uh, pandemic really just shifted the way that we do things on such a major scale that, you know, if you would have asked me like, oh, you know, so like what's Fringe going to be up to this next decade? Like what are going to be the innovations in art the next decade? My answer would have been very different before so much shifted to being online and remote and, you know, participating in something happening across the country. Mm. And so, you know, it's a, a pretty hefty question to think on the future, but I, I think maybe even just taking a step back and looking at the past, you know, what have been some of the changes that you've seen in the last 10 years, you know, just like that have really impressed you in terms of, you know, what you're excited to see more of and, and see increase and grow? Yeah, definitely. This is something that I've been thinking about a lot uh, because when I first decided to get back into dance and go for my MFA, I didn't really know a lot of people who were focusing on disability and dance. There were a few um, individuals that I really was fortunate enough to connect with, and they became, you know, my mentors. A few companies that I was able to connect with that was really an awesome experience for me. 
but whenever I first started, even for myself personally, I wasn't really um, always connecting with my disability identity. Mm-hmm. And now I'm in a space where I've been able to do that more fully. And that's exciting. And I now I'm hearing of other people who are going for their MA or their MFA and they have disabilities. And I just super, super happy to uh, hear about those sorts of things. So I would love to witness more of that. I, overall, I think I would like to see, you know, witness more equitable, safe and transformative spaces for people to be able to create in and more access, you know, um, mm-hmm. and access is sort of a broad term, but hopefully that people realize that that is important. Um, and yeah, I think also I've been excited to see that, you know, there's been more um, Black artists and creators getting supported and witnessed in different spaces and funded and like I want to see more of that certainly and even in ballet like I think ballet probably has the longest to catch up on everything but you know there are people that are questioning the gender roles of ballet and different things like that so that's something that I would just want to keep witnessing in the future like yeah you mentioned um the increase in people who have disabilities you know going for their mfa and and studying dance and you know i'm actually really curious about your experience um as a student because you know if you're you know part of a minority it can be hard to you know play catch up at times or you know find those accommodations that you need to you know, learn and practice your work best. So can you talk a little bit about what that experience going for your MFA was like? Yeah, the first the first couple of years were really, really hard because it was me getting acclimated and then people getting acclimated to myself and learning how to self-advocate and speak up and who to reach out to and who was uh, supportive, you know. And I think at times it was a struggle for myself too because i tried to sometimes distance myself from my disability and if i could do that over again i would not do that again but Mm -hmm. um you know i was just trying to figure all that out and navigate it and to at the at the end i was really able to find folks that were interested in dancing who were part of my community and also finding uh, support. The Institute on Disabilities was actually hugely supportive of my work and and what I was doing. Uh, So that was really great to be able to connect with them. By the end, it sort of started to come together (laughs) a little more, you know, but the first couple of years, it was definitely uh, difficult. Yeah. And I will say, you know, we are uh, great friends with Lisa Sunborn at you know, the Institute of Disabilities and, you know, very much in admiration of, of the work that they're doing. And so um, I am I, like, was that a factor at all for you? Because I, I don't know that 
many universities have the same type of program that the Institute of Disabilities is running. Um, and so was that part of your decision in deciding to go to Temple? Yeah, it was actually. Uh, I was thinking about that. And then I was also thinking about uh, there were a couple of professors there that I was really interested in what they were doing and their work. Um, so that kind of all influenced it, plus the fact that it was in Pennsylvania and I live here. So, you know, kind of trying to think about that as well. Yeah, no, I, I think that's that's so essential. And um, I'm glad to hear that you were able, you know, to find advocates and, and to find people who really supported your work because it can definitely be a challenge when you are the only one, you know, having to advocate for yourself, especially if, you know, other people have different needs or wants or there's just a norm of how things have always been done. And I think, you know, that's one of the things about 2020 that has been so, I think, mind-blowing for a lot of people um, or, you know, like about time for a lot of others where it's like, yeah, there are these things that are being highlighted and exposed and brought to light um, to the general public that are just huge inequalities mm -hmm. and, you know, huge problems in our society that no one was addressing because we all had nine to five jobs and, you know, we're working or we're, you know, in school or whatever, and everything was in person and you're on the go all the time. And I think there was a lot of slowing down and reevaluation that happened this year that I hope, you know, continues on and, and, helps us progress forward as a country um, in, in a lot of different ways. Yeah, I hope so too. I really hope that people can, you know, it's hard to sustain that energy, but we, we have to, you know, there's, we have to keep that energy in, as we move forward and keep thinking about that and thinking about ways that we can create equitable, equitable spaces, not just in the arts, but beyond that. And I think, you know, in speaking about all this different stuff, it's, it's actually interconnected. So I really think that it's important to remember that as we're trying to hopefully build or create something different that answers to that. Yeah. So I, I may, you know, kind of coming back to this idea of what 2020 and beyond looks like, um, you know, what are the things on your mind when you think about, you know, how has this digital world changed dance, especially having presented um, a digital dance work yourself? Did you feel like that was enough or is it just kind of like, you know, biding your time until things can get back to what is quote unquote the norm? Well, that's interesting because dance is a very physical thing and it's also ephemeral. So to think about having such a focus on things being recorded, like then there's this whole body of work now that's been recorded in a professional way, so on and so forth. And I think that recording and, and being on Zoom certainly does a lot for access in some ways, because now, you know, you can live stream a performance or you can add in audio descriptions and captions and all those different things. Mm -hmm. um, at the same time, I do miss sometimes being in physical space and how 
that can have a different kind of impact and moment and have people witnessing that in real time and thinking about how that might impact or transform their perceptions. So um, I guess for me, I'm hopeful that we carry forward the access and the way that we can provide this access, but I also will be excited to be dancing in a physical space with people again. Yes, I I definitely second that notion. I think it's been really nice to find ways to connect. Um, and it's really been great, you know, to see how many shows were able to provide different accessibility services that they wouldn't have, you know, normally presented with their work or might have been very hard with a live performance. Um, but, you know, that are incorporated almost seamlessly once you move into a digital platform. Um, but yeah, I mean, you do feel like you lose that feeling of what it means to be in person, experiencing something together. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, this year we're hoping that there'll be more, you know, open and in person for the Fringe Festival this year. But, you know, it also just keeps depending on how things go. And so there's a little bit of like, you know, planning and pushing ahead on things. And there's also a little bit of wait and see and evaluating how things continue to change, but trying to still give that like really great audience experience because, you know, the everyone, like we still want to be able to experience art together and that hasn't gone away um, with everything that's changed. Exactly. And I think that for me, there is like an element that's sometimes missing in the digital realm of the audience interaction and how you can kind of gauge how your piece landed with someone. So that's something that I definitely would also like to, you know, think about in as we move forward. But I understand like the, the kind of waiting game that's currently what I'm doing. And with these rehearsals that I mentioned earlier, that's also the thing because I don't know if I'm going to actually be able to travel or not, you know, so. Mm-hmm. We're just kind of waiting and seeing what happens. Yeah. So, you know, just to kind of think about as you are creating or, you know, collaborating on new works, um, we always love to ask our guests, what are your highbrow and lowbrow inspirations? So, you know, it can be TV, it can be books, it can be you know, people who you've, you've found inspiring in whatever way, you know, like what are, what are those things that you look to for inspiration? I love this question. So for me, some of the, I guess, highbrow, as you would say, is I love rhizomatic theory, uh, you know, the whole thousand plateaus and everything like that. Thinking about that because it really talks about multiplicities and the interconnectedness of growth which I think is important to address as we continue to try to create and transform and do those types of things. Um, And Foucault, you know, I like Foucault and critical disability theory, like all those things are things that I try to think about and implement my own work. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) Well, for lowbrow, I think it's so funny. Um, trying to think about that. I love this question, though. It's it's interesting. I don't think this really comes through in my work, but 
at all, but I really love Stephen King and heavy metal and stuff like that. So <laughs> okay. I don't, I don't really put that in there, but that's um, some of the things that I, I like to indulge in when I'm like just hanging around the house or whatever. So yeah, I, I will say I was not getting heavy metal from uh, Healing Connections, but I'm here for it. <laughs> right? Oh, it's kind of funny. Um, but yeah, I think those things, and I, I mean, I also just, I don't know, there's just so much out there, like, but yeah, wow, that probably, that end probably needs cut. I don't know what I was saying. <laughs> There's a lot out there and, you know, we, we want to experience it all. I've been getting through, a, I, I've actually been rewatching, not rewatching. I never watched it. I was okay, revealing my age. I was like in middle school uh, when Desperate Housewives was on. And so it was always a show that like my parents watched and I would be kicked out. Um, but <laughs> I am now watching Desperate Housewives on Hulu and that honestly really inspires me. <laughs> so I, I think there's a lot out there to find inspiration with. Exactly. Oh, I actually know what I was going to say. Uh, this makes a little bit more sense. I've been playing a lot of Skyrim lately. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. Running around in there and <laughs> like doing stuff, taking on these strange missions, reading a lot of tomes. <laughs> I don't know. Collecting things like. Yeah, Skyrim is definitely, and then I get kind of inspired by that because I think about like different sort of realities or worlds or things that you can create and like the music in there is all very like, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that's my actual really thing that I've been doing for probably too, too many hours. <laughs> Amazing. I think we've all been doing things for too many hours during uh, <laughs> this year. <laughs> awesome. Um, so our final question, Don, is just how can people support your work, find you, you know, give you a like or follow? Where can people find you? Yeah, so I'm on Instagram. Uh, Sunshine and Steel is my Instagram handle. And my website is the same. So it's S-U-N-S-H-I-N-E-A-N-D-S-T-E-E-L. And either place is a great place to find me. Uh, and I think, yeah. Great. Well, thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Happy Hour on the Fringe. It was great to have you. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed being here. Uh, was a little bit nervous, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, for our listeners, again, you can experience Healing Connections 2020 by Don State's company on fringearts.com or find Don State's on Vimeo. And make sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and download the Fringe Arts app. Thank you, everyone. Thank you so much. <laughs>